Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Whatnots Review Show. This is number 116 of the Whatnots Review Ooh. Show. We are still getting up there, chugging along. We are also going to be talking about part four of Mr. Robot, season four, their fourth and final season of Mr. Mm -hmm. Robot uh, today. Uh, and I am excited to dive into all of that. If you did not know, here at the Whatnots Review Show, uh, we have a new story that we talk about each week. However, uh, at the end of each month, we have been talking about a longer story, for example, a TV show uh, that we have to cover multiple seasons of. Uh, so hence, we are on season four of Mr. Robot, but we're typically covering different genres, different mediums, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's bound to be something for everyone. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? Hello. I'm doing all right this weekend. How are you, doing Kyle? Really good. I finally got a good night's sleep last ah, night. Ah, nice. Yeah, I, I've been having trouble sleeping the past week, and it has not been, been fun, but finally went to sleep last night around 3 a.m., which is like oh semi-normal compared to what it has been the past couple weeks. So, <laughs> uh. oh well. But uh, yeah, I, I am here. I have my can of Mountain Dew. Help me out. So. <laughs> yeah, I sleep normal and still need a bunch of iced coffee to get me through the day. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, it looks like we have mm -hmm. Jack in the chat. He says, hello, yes. friends. Oh, hello, friend. Hello, Jack. Welcome. Uh, let's see. Man, we, we are on. Do, I, I'm so excited to talk about season four of Mr. Robot. <sighs> this is going to be great. Um, yeah, so uh, if, if you guys have not seen the previous three mm -hmm. episodes of our Mr. Robot coverage, you can scroll back in our feeds and find them. Uh, they are not mm -hmm. exactly the previous three uh, ones that we 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 did, but uh, we have some more yeah. stuff mixed mixed in there as well. But Melissa, mm -hmm. spoiler free thoughts. What 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 were your general impressions of season four? I don't know if I can name another series where its last season may be its best season. Mm, okay. This is visually stunning. Some of the best cinematography the show has had, some of its best performances, some of its best music and editing, and the story keeps pulling the rug out from under you up until the last 20 minutes of the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a damn good show. Holy yeah. moly. Uh, I, I <laughs> put on Twitter when, when, when I got done, I, I, I was like, this, this show is amazing. It, it starts out wearing its heart on its sleeve, right? It's, it's like yeah. uh, inspirations are like very blatant and obvious. And it's like, well, it's, you know, I can see that stuff and that might not be all that great, but it's still really good. And, and, mm -hmm. and. Beyond season one, this show just grew into something all on its own, and it's amazing, and it is unexpectedly beautiful in in places. Yes, and it's just like this is. Like, I was not expecting this, and it's just it's so good. 
So mm-hmm. highly recommend this show. I, yes. I don't know if I would say that season four was my favorite season overall. I think I may it's, actually have to go yeah. back to season one on that. But yeah. Yeah, season one, I'll say, has a lovely consistency to it. Like, beginning to end, it feels very much like the same thing, whereas the other, the later seasons uh, play, they're more experimental. Mm-hmm. They're, the episodes will do one odd thing, like season two of the sitcom episode, season three of the one-shot episode. Uh, there's an episode in season four that's filmed like it's a black box play. Yeah, and it's, I, I think, the best episode in the whole show. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we'll we'll dive into that in a bit. But yeah, like I, I think it's season one was so good despite its like blatant mm. infl- influences and, 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 and stuff like that that I think in seasons two, two through four you're expecting some of the same stuff that it it did so you lose that surprise there which which Mm. stinks it's like i i wish i could have the same feeling of surprise (laughs) that i had in season one or the things in season four um Mm. it's still like you said they just keep changing things and keep pulling the rug out from under you uh and but but yeah by the end of of the show i was just like this is this is a beautiful show this is great right <laughs> i'm so happy we're covering this so close to its finale mm-hmm. the finale just aired in december and it's july ago, yeah. now yeah yeah so it's still just in the cultural conversation kind it, of it's, so get out there be a part it's of it interesting because yeah we can look back on december and be like it wasn't that long ago but then oh my god this year 2020 has been like <laughs> non-stop hitting us over the head with everything mm-hmm. um and it it oddly seems far away at the same time but it's yeah. also not that different like some of the things that are happening in that show in in the entirety of the, of the the show kind of echo and mirror some things that have been happening just in 2020 right um and so yeah it's it's a it's an interesting show to watch right now mm-hmm. uh so kind of brief plot synopsis to catch people up this might have a little bit of spoilers hopefully not much because this is season four um yeah we will dive into full spoilers as we normally do in just a little bit but plot synopsis to catch people up what is season four about so elliot is on his own it's just him mr robot and darlene and they are working to take down White Rose. That's their final big goal. They they found out that she's leading this uh, secret organization called the Deus Group that's like the 1% of the 1%. Mm-hmm. And they hold all the riches and they make all the decisions and they want to tear down that group and tear down this Hadron Collider machine yeah. that she's been building that she believes is going to reset the universe. Yeah. Uh- Wild stuff, and so they decide we need to rob them, take all of their money, yeah, hack them. And yes, that is season four. That is what they are trying to do. Uh, oh, and also, all of season four takes place around Christmas time. Yes, yes. this entire season I think takes like four or five days. Yeah. 
yeah, because things are kind of rushed. They have to make sure things happen at a certain time. Uh, mm. All of that stuff. Yeah, it's 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 a wild show. Season four was really really good. Um, yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let's get into some housekeeping, and then we can dive mm. into spoilers and all of that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, uh, or you can type in The Whatnots on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, and all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, let's see if 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 you if you guys like what we do, Patreon.com/slash/TheWhatnots mm-hmm. is where you can support us uh, for as li- 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 for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, at the mm-hmm. three dollar tier, we have all sorts of exclusive content for all of our shows. Uh, Melissa, you and I just recorded yesterday a yeah. third and final Patreon exclusive uh, Reactor Core episode which you and I were reacting to movie trailers from the 2000s for, or from the, mm-hmm. the 2010s uh, to, to be exact. Yes. We have done movie tra- trailers from the 90s, from the 2000s, and we just recorded one from the 2010s. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it, it was a good experiment. I really liked the format mm. and... Yeah, it, it it was just kind of this off the cuff. There's not we would just happen to watch these trailers of movies we've seen, some we haven't seen, uh, some we remember from our childhood, and all sorts of stuff. And I I think it turned out really really well. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, last but not least, a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the five dollar tier. So thank you, Sam, uh, for helping us out and supporting us. Uh, we appreciate it. We love you a lot. Thank you. Yes. Indeed. Um, yeah. And I, I, I guess since it, it's the next e- episode after that, speaking of Sam, you guys should go back and check out what we did last week because uh, Sam joined yeah. us here on the podcast and we talked about the animated film Promare, uh, which mm-hmm. was a visually stunning anime yeah a lot, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of mech and crazy art and colors and and stuff like that so it was good mm-hmm. um okay i think that does it for housekeeping and all of that stuff so let's get into spoilers yes we are spoiler territory melissa we yeah i have to start with episode seven Okay. The, the, All right. Holy moly! <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. So good. Yeah. And this is when you said that you didn't want to know a single thing about this, this last season. Were? You were going in blind. I wanted to like let you know that this was happening. Yeah, I, I, I did not expect it, and I loved it. It's. Yeah, here's the thing about episode seven. It is emotionally devastating, but the way they deliver all the news to you is so impressive. And just the fact that this is the episode that's filmed like it's a black box play. That premise is really exciting. The performances are exciting. Like, to be honest, if it was an actual play, I would go see that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
like I I I I, I think it works really well in the context of Mr. Robot. But I think just mm-hmm. in general, it's 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 an interesting story, right? About about someone who is in therapy. Uh, things have gone very very wrong because he has pissed some people off, and they are now trying to get yeah. back at him through his therapist. And they're kind of having this like forced therapy session at gunpoint, and it turns out to be really revealing and. And, yeah. like it's it's intense and it's heartbreaking at the same time but on the uh, 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 other side of the coin it's also like oddly heartening and and there's like these emotional yeah. connections established that you're you're like I actually I actually am kind of rooting for the bad guy in this thing I shouldn't be but I kind of am cuz he's actually the only one who's caring for him right now and like it's just like I don't <laughs> I don't understand what is happening but I like it <laughs> he- yeah, Vera's not a good guy, but he's getting us to a place where we need to be. You're right about this episode being oddly heartwarming. Yeah. I think Elliot and Krista has been one of my favorite relationships throughout the show because they very clearly really care about each other and really want to protect the other person mm-hmm. and just keep getting into these bad situations where they don't want to do it. And then he tells Krista about five nine, and she's understandably very scared and thinks she should just cut ties with him. And then a criminal drags her back into Elliot's life. And the scene where, you know, Vera's pointing the gun at her, making her counsel Mm -hmm. Elliot and Elliot's trying to comfort her is so sweet. Cause I think that's one of the few times you see Elliot really openly try to comfort someone and be there for them not in just the sense of I am trying to protect you. I am hacking something for you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like actually talking to somebody isn't something he gets to do very he often. He usually has his his ways of showing that he cares. Yeah. It is often yeah. ways that people kind of raise an eyebrow at. And this is, is not. And it was him being more like genuinely trying to. Help. Yeah. Uh, and then. Stuff like that, yeah. But I, I, it, it was one of those things that when it immediately w- 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 went up on screen and it was like Act One, I was just like, "Yes, okay, I like this. This is in- interesting." <laughs> but it reminded me because I there was that moment in season one uh, where mm-hmm. they 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 had a similar thing where I, I think there was like an intermission in one of the. I think that's the beginning of of season two. It may have been something like that. I I, yeah. I remember. I, I also remember being confused by it though, because uh, I was like, "Wait, did did we have a act one? <laughs> Where did that go?" <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like I I I really enjoyed it. It it is shot. I, I think they they knew that that one was g- g- going to be the big moment in the season or the the you know the big uh not finale but the big uh like reveal in in yeah like the climax of of the season so they went all out on the cinematography right it it is Mm -hmm. shot in a little bit more widescreen than the rest of the show Mm -hmm. Uh, it it looks a little bit more movie quality than the rest of the, the, the of the of the show not by much but it's still like it, it it looks more like something you could see in a movie theater mm. rather than just on t- 
TV. Um, yeah, and it, it's it's crazy because it takes place really only in two rooms. Yes, and there's like four or five characters there and mm-hmm. two of them aren't there for most of it right <laughs> like <laughs> yeah there's vera banishes his two hench people yeah. man like yeah that so i i watched that it was uh i think it was friday night that i, I watched Ooh, that oh so, you, <laughs> so so you've watched the latter half of the season just over this yeah. week. So I so I Ooh. did not know there were more than 10 episodes in this season. Oh. Uh, and so I I was kind of going on my regular uh like pace to have things done. Okay. And I think I would have had like one more episode to watch on uh on on Saturday yesterday. Uh, and yeah, it was like, I think I watched episode seven, like Friday night or something, or I I don't remember exactly, but I I saw it and I was just like, I, like I, before I was watching something and I was like checking my phone and doing all of that stuff. But this is one, like once it, it caught my attention, phone was down. I was hooked in on this one thing. I was just like. This is intense. Holy moly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I and I think it benefits us in our watch that we can watch all of it in such a close time span. Like I can't imagine watching the show live as it airs week to week on the USA oh, network. Oh god, no. And this, it drops episode 7 and then you just have to live in that space for another week. Look, I did that until with you get lo- episode lost. I am not doing that again. <laughs> Right, it's particularly for how devastating this episode is, I think it helps that I watch the show so quickly. So I'm still riding the high of how good episode five is. Yeah. And then not too long after I watch episode seven, there's, um, is it's episode nine where they execute the hack on the dais group, which is such a victorious moment. And then you've got episode 10, which is the Dom and Darlene episode, which is also very victorious. When I watched that, I still didn't know that there were more than 10. And so I was like, man, this finale sucks. Like, I hated this. This is not (laughs) what I want at all. And 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 then and then like after after that it it, it it did something and something else I was like wait there's more and I so I'm watching that one I was like okay this is a better finale but it's not and then after that one it was like finale part one I was like oh my god there's like thirteen episodes what is going on <laughs> I know you didn't know no this. I had no idea wow wow yeah because like I, I I like I because. So to to I I do want to get back to episode seven because yeah. I do have more to say on that. But yeah, like mm. I I think them like hinting at this hadron collider and multiple universes is a really interesting touch. Mm. I I I've had mixed feelings. I still kind of do, but like the the idea of just like sh- showing an alternate universe or having time travel, I I I I'm like very cautious with this show because this show mm. show is very particular in what it shows you and what 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 it does yeah. not. So I was 
struggling on whether or not I wanted it to show me alternate realities or time travel and stuff like that. And yeah, by the end of episode 10, they haven't really shown you that stuff yet. And so I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. they, they hinted at that. I know that's what they were implying or what they were going for, but they never show it to you. I kind of like that. Um, but, but yeah, and then there were, like, three more episodes after that in which they, they, they do sh- show you another reality, which was not even really another reality. That was a no. little confusing. So, uh, but... Yeah, it, it 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 was good. I I enjoyed the finale and stuff as well. I did too. Yeah. Um so real quick back to episode 7. Yeah. Yes. That, this was one that I thought was really interesting uh because yeah, like we said this is the climax of the entire season, right? Um well yeah. for the most part um, or at least when the climax starts, if, if that makes sense. Um, but it, it, like, I I think the reveal in episode seven, I don't know if it hit me as hard as it should have. I, I, I think this is what I meant when I was saying, like, I wish the surprise of season one was still around for me in season four. Whereas season four, I was kind of taught to expect the, the, that stuff. Like, not everything is as it seems or stuff like mm. that. And I, I think with seeing how much trouble, how much trouble Elliot has been through in his life, how many mental issues he's been dealing with, all the hardship, all that stuff kind of this big reveal that he was sexually molested as a child wasn't really much of a surprise to me it was kind of just like (laughs) okay that makes sense it was a surprise to me i think because it initially felt like a different flavor of darkness than what this show uh, felt like it was dealing with but the more I thought about it, I'm like, this does make absolute sense. And there's bit like when you look at previous seasons under that lens, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that w- that was there the whole time. I just didn't think about it because I didn't want to think yeah. about it. And again, I took too much of Elliot, like, you know, at his own word. And I thought about that season three finale where he's like, oh, I jumped out of the window. And it's sad because you get the implication that he was so sick even back then but it seems like that was something he did out of his own interior illness which is sad but it seems to at least the reading i got was that it was kind of empowering to elliot that this great trauma of his life was his own doing and because it was his own doing that made him more uh if he was an active agent yeah if he was an active agent in that he could be an active agent in other places of his life and then I get to episode seven. And I'm like, oh boy, I have been wrong about a lot of things. I have been disastrously wrong. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, I went back and I watched episode three, uh, the Damon's episode where he's having those morphine withdrawal hallucinations after I finished the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten that entire set of hallucinations is all about keys and all about monsters. Interesting. 
And even back in season three, it was there. Interesting. Yeah. Not season three, episode three of season one, yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Which which is great, because I, I do remember a lot of these. Like I, I don't necessarily remember his hallucinations in that like morphine high thing, but I do remember mm. when he wakes up and he's trying to uh, like install the raspberry pie in the thermostat thing. And yeah, he does see like this hallucination of his mom beating him. Like, like when he was younger and like I remember that stuff so like mm. I, it's drip fed to us throughout seasons yeah. one and three but it's not enough for us to really kind of formulate any theory on what these are exactly um, yeah it's just like huh something is up yeah <laughs> and then to jump to this twist, which is at the end of episode two of season four, where you find out every time Elliot has been seeing his mom yelling at childhood him, you think it's just a visualization of a memory he's having? No. Those are other personalities, just like Mr. Robot is. So when you see Christian Slater in the same scene as Rami Malik, it's that exact same type of visualization. Mm -hmm. It's a different kind. The mom and child him have been here the whole time. That threw me th for a loop. Like after I watched that episode, I'm like, I need to like lie down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and and then I think one, uh, the the like big final t twist is that. In fact, the Elliot that we have seen this entire time is a made-up personality. It is not the, in fact, yeah. real Elliot, which we have not seen this entire show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, I forget if this is in season two or three, but there's the flashback to where it's Halloween the previous year, and Darlene comes back into town from wherever it is she's yeah. been, and like she wants to hang out with Elliot and watch that horror movie. I think that's... That might be the only time where we see one. original Prime Elliot. And when you first see that scene, you think that's when Mr. Robot first activates. And then later you get to the end of the series. And you're like, oh, no, Mr. Robot's been here since Elliot was like seven. This was the mastermind activating. This was the Elliot that we believed that we have known this whole yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's some it's some wild stuff. Um, but yeah. there's, there's, there's just emotional moment after emotional moment. I, yeah. I think, um, I think even in episode 10, when I was like, man, this finale sucks. Um, <laughs> I, cause, cause it was, it was all focused on Darlene, which I, I love her as a character, but mm. I was like, she's not the main character of the show. What is <laughs> happening here? Um, but the, the whole moment of her and Dom basically running away together and Dom kind of chickening out at the last second and getting cold feet and then changing her mind again. And But then while that is happening, uh, Darlene is about to get on and she panics and she can't get, get on. So she runs into the bathroom. Meanwhile, Dom is coming back, hoping she can be there with Darlene, and <sighs> she gets on the p p on the plane, but Darlene doesn't. I was just like, "Oh no! <laughs> like you're not supposed to do the bait and switch on on, on this. No, <laughs> don't do this." That scene, 
And all of this is set to Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me. But it's edited so that the song keeps stopping and then there's silence. And then somebody will like turn like it's Dom walking away from the airport. And then she's like, no, I have to go back. And like then the music hits again. It's so well edited. And that was like the highest emotional high I've had, I think, watching this entire series. I'm watching the scene and my roommate comes home and she walks in and I'm sitting on the couch. I've got my shirt like pulled up over my face and I am crying. We need to be together. I need to find true love. (laughs) That hit me really hard. I think because like it's such a victorious thing after how dark episode seven is like you need a win like that and you've got the win in the previous episode where they do take down the dais group but this is more personal and more emotional and you want it so badly for both of the characters and just that but i like that it ends with they don't you can tell that they want to run away together but they have valid other priorities at the time like it is good that Darlene says, no, I shouldn't go on this trip right now. I need to be around for Elliot. That's what she's supposed to do. And in the grand scheme of things, it really works out. And I think looking at how harried and miserable and self-sacrificing and honest and pure Dom has been to have the last time you see her, like actual her in this season, She's finally falling asleep. She's finally getting some rest as she's flying away on a plane to take a vacation. And like knowing that she's going to come back to Darlene in however many days or weeks. Yeah. yeah. It's satisfying. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a good one. And I because I, I, I find it interesting that we don't really get much of Darlene's childhood. Um, yeah. This is almost what I was expecting in season seven. Uh, or not in season seven, in episode seven. Man, I wish there were seven seasons of this because it was great. But I, because I, when when they are digging down to the reveal that Elliot was sexually molested when he was a child, they weren't saying it at first. They were just like, what is it? Say it. Like, just get it out. And I, mm-hmm. it was one of those things. I didn't know exactly what it was, so I was like, "It could be this. It could be that." One of my thoughts yeah. was, it "Like, okay, he hid Dar- Darlene in the closet. What if Darlene was sexually molested? Like, that was one of my thoughts." And he was trying to protect her, and he has done some crazy things to protect her, right? Like, jump out a window and stuff. Like, hey, if he can make it about him instead, and that they need to focus on him, she would be protected right and so i was like mm. maybe that's it um which i think also would have maybe been believable but i like mm-hmm. we don't get much of her childhood we know that she she's oh. not as uh kind of uh, mentally unstable as Elliot, yeah uh but she you, you can tell she has her own issues and stuff as yeah. well um we just don't really get to see them as much in the show, which is why I'm sure we, uh, despite me not liking episode t- t- ten as much, we're still was still just like, no, she needs to be with, 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 with 
Yeah. yeah. Dumb. Go have a vacation. You need it. Yes. <laughs> she does deserve it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that is a, a hole that this show has always operated around that I, I would like to see filled in of like, what was Darlene's childhood from her own perspective? Where has she been? Like I mentioned, there's that Halloween flashback where she comes back into town where was she? What has she been doing with her adult yeah, life? What out was her for, relationship like, with her, her like older teenage? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. What was her relationship with her mom? Because all we really see is that sitcom episode where Just the mom knocking keeps her out. knocking which, her yeah, out, which is another reason why I, I was like, maybe there's some issues there. We see her mom, yeah. Uh, beating the younger version of Elliot in season yes. one. We now see the sitcom one where she's beating Dar Darlene. Like, what is going on here? There, There is something happening that they are not talking about. But I think at the same time, I'm... I'm glad that they didn't dive into all of that stuff because I think it keeps the focus on the main character and ends up mm -hmm. telling the story that they really wanted to tell, right? Like, as much as I I just said that I wish there were seven seasons of this, I'm glad mm -hmm. that they are four and done. That was it. And this seems to be like, yeah. this was the story the entire time. Yes. Right? Which is always Ye a great thing, and it sucks when they have to be like, Okay, story's basically done, but uh, you guys got renewed for three more seasons. What are you going to do, you know? <laughs> it's like if, 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 if you guys have seen the show Rurouni Kenshin, uh, it's an anime. Yeah. Uh, th that show wraps up at episode 60 and then g g g g goes on for another like 60-something episodes after that. It's just like the show is done. Like, there's there's nothing more for them to do. They solved their main problem. And it's just it's mm. like, it ends up getting good again after that, eventually. But it's it just like, why? it should have just stopped at 60. Like, that was the story. Um, mm. But yeah, so I'm, I'm thankful that they did not go into all of these characters' backstories and stuff like that. As much as I would have liked that, because I'm all about the yeah. like, world building and stuff like that, I'm thankful that they just stuck with what they w w wanted to tell. I think they, the show picks and chooses its flashbacks and its backstories really well. Mm -hmm. I love the White Rose flashback we get for like 10 or 15 yeah. minutes at the beginning of one episode. That was a episode. great one to see that his was amazing. motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the shot of her when her her um her lover opens the hotel door and she's sitting there in the dark, and then the, like the light hits her and it hits these mirrors behind her and she turns around and she's wearing her mother's dress is one of the beautiful, most yeah. beautiful shots in the entire yeah. series. It's a great shot. Um, <sighs> yeah, all, all of that stuff was really really good because. And so, so let's let's talk about white rose here. Last, when we were covering season three, and we were like, "Wait, holy shit! A hadron collider? What does this mean? Like time travel, multiple realities?" Uh, yeah, yeah, we were right. Like he he is, uh, or again, she um, mm -hmm. is trying to basically like reset the world like you said or go to another reality where 
yeah. things are correct, where things are the way that she wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, where her, her lover is still alive and they can be together and they can be happy and they can yeah. be who they are. Um, and yeah, and and she's basically being like, like, guys, this makes sense. We can all have what we want here. Just let me do this thing. Yeah. And they're all just like, you, you're kind of delusional. Like, uh, this is like fringe science at best. Mm. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, I feel like I was actually wrestling with white rose once they revealed that. Um, I mean, I, I guess I could say I was before, but once they truly showed us her motivation, it was like, okay, so this really is the, like, the gay person is the villain trope. Uh, and I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I like that as much, but I, 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 I still think she's a fantastic villain. <laughs> I she's so sympathetic the entire time Uh, and she becomes much more sympathetic when you do learn about her backstory in season four but I think for like the first from the first time you see her you're really interested in finding out who she is uh like you're kind of rooting for her as an as a private person even if you don't agree with any of her actual machinations right yeah like and (laughs) and the thing that's not to say mm-hmm. like all, all the stuff that I just said that I I don't know if I liked the trope that they were kind of following w- with that. She's still mm-hmm. a great character. Like yeah, despite all and, of that, she's fantastic. And from her perspective, she is doing an absolute good thing. And it's not just like you have to, you know, to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs. When she makes the omelet, all the eggs are eggs again. Like no shell has ever been yeah. broken. <laughs> to use that metaphor like you have to it's all break some eggs to make some non-broken eggs right <laughs> it's all temporary to her she believes there is going to be a reset she believes this so sincerely and i love that when we do get this other version um this alternate universe where things are good elliot's uh portrayal of her you know she's not like a tech mogul she's not a a businesswoman she's a philanthropist Mm -hmm. she's the greatest philanthropist this world has ever seen because i I think especially after that um that scene between the two of them in the in the room with the old computer and all the glass bricks like i love that scene because it's these two characters actively sympathetically listening to each other and trying to get the other person's perspective on what they've been doing this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause white, white Rose genuinely wants to be the good guy. And mm. yeah, I, I, I think that's incredibly sympathetic. Once you know yeah. the Baxter story and you get that beautiful shot of once the uh, once her lover committed suicide, uh, right there, it kind of pans over to the desk and they have a giant vase of white roses right there. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's it. That is the like, yep. <laughs> that is how she got her name. Um this is the origin story. Yeah, uh, which I, I I liked. Like I I really enjoyed knowing all of that stuff. Um, and then it c- comes to this kind of operatic c- 
crescendo uh, when they are out on the steps of of this building, yeah, miniating, and the the you know they're looking at all this stuff, and it's funs you know with Jeron and over Jeron, and yeah, it's just this dramatic realization that everything she has worked for is gone. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh boy. Uh. What What else is there to talk about? There's There's, there's so much that I'm, I wanna... I'm, I'm I'm just like I I'm right. g- gushing about this whole thing. I want to talk about. <laughs> I think maybe one of my favorite episodes this season, episode four hundred four, the one where they spent Christmas lost in spooky woods. Yes, this is another fantastic <laughs> episode. Because I'm sitting here thinking this isn't real. This is not a real show. This is a grand well, practical so- joke played on all of us. We're spending Christmas wandering around in spooky haunted woods. So here's the, here's the, here's the thing. Once they introduced this c- 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 concept of multiple realities, that's what mm. I was wondering if this w- was. Uh, like, what if we're <laughs> starting to see the, like, flash sideways that we got in Lost, right? Uh, that is like, what if this is another reality? And that's why they are. They feel like something is weird. Something is up. Like this aren't. This isn't how things yeah, should be. Yeah, like they're in a limbo. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like I, I was wondering if it was something like that because they keep saying like, "Ah, oh, this is a nightmare," right? And 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 stuff. Like, and and the whole thing is kind of stylized and themed after like eighties horror movies and and mm. stuff like that. And it's 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 just like there's there's something up with this too like something is not right um but yeah it's it's a fantastic episode so good mm-hmm. i tyrell is fascinating oh, to yeah. me in that he's so delightful to watch and that you have no idea what's going to happen with him because whatever you think is going to happen is never it it's like some grand joke of the series that Tyrell is never as important as it looks like he's going to be. Yeah. Like this season, it's like, oh, you know, Philip's backing out. Like Tyrell's going to be the new CEO of E Corp. Oh no, Tyrell died in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was so excited too. He went over to Elliot's house and was like, Elliot, they called me. They finally called me. <laughs> it's what we've always wanted, yeah. Elliot. <laughs> In his, uh, Jack described it as uh, uh, inexplicable and unconditional love for oh, Elliot. Oh, yeah. It really I is. Like, I liked seeing that confronted where Tyrell's like, I dress up because I want to impress people and I especially want to impress you. And you wear the same dumb black hoodie all the time and you don't care. And I think you've never cared about me. And Elliot's like, yeah, I haven't. And then yeah, at the like, end, yeah, he's no like, shit, dumbass. Like, what do, you, what do you think I'm doing all of this for? <laughs> but the part where he says, I think you're the only person who actually likes me. It's real cutting. Cause like, it's true. Yeah. Tyrell's the no person one. who is consi- right. And Tyrell's the person who is consistently 
the most on Elliot's side. Like he always wants to work with Elliot. He always wants to be there. He wants to be partners with Mm -hmm. him. All the other people in Elliot's life who do love him, like Darlene or Angela end up like, there's moments where they turn on him, but they're like, I'm done with you. And then they just get wrangled back in. But Tyrell's always tried to be there for some reason. Yeah, he's, he's always just like, but you're a god. Like, why should, why are you doing this? I don't understand, but you're a god. You know, you know what's wild in the final episode where it's revealed that we are watching this mastermind personality. He's they talk about him like a god. He's been playing god with Elliot's life. It's like, oh my god, Tyrell has been right this entire yeah, time. Yeah, he like saw through all of the b- bullshit and was like, oh, he's like, this is another persona of the real like he... Elliot. I don't know if it's that specific, but yeah, he looks at Elliot as we all believed that we know we've known him. It's like you are something tremendous and special and you are here to do great works and he is vera kind of also sees this vera in the season was like this dark mirror to tyrell where he also looks at elliot like he was like he's the architect he can do these great things you know he's above a normal man and let's partner up together and imagine all the things that we could do together yeah yeah that's (sighs) an interesting comparison that you have uh Vera kind of on the darker end of things and uh, mm. Ty- Tyrell on the lighter side of things, even though like what he's yeah. trying to do is often bad things or not good things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, it's, man, there's just, there's, there's so much to unpack in this show. And I think it does it all really, really adeptly. Um, Cause mm-hmm. that, Episode four is is also kind of about suicide, right? And I I, th- I think that's the yeah. one that they do this suicide hot line on, right? Is, is, um, is that the one? Uh, is it... I think it's two other. Ep- it's I think it's like the episode. It's like three and six, maybe because it it's be when six. Elliot sleeps with that woman. No, I think it happens twice. Uh, okay. There's three different hotlines at the ends of episodes this season. That's how serious it That's has gotten. That's how very in, in, intense it is. Yeah. Um, I have a yeah. plug here in the studio. Um, oh, no. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, like that shows you, I think, the level of intensity. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, like when, when the show hits on those t- topics, they they do really really great explorations of that stuff, or at, at least from my perspective. Um, yeah, I I don't necessarily struggle with that stuff, uh, and, and and so it's mm. you know, like I am enamored by by how they are depicting this on screen in a way that is emotionally t- 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 taxing, and it makes me mm-hmm. scared, and it makes me tense, and at yeah. the same time, I'm fascinated, and I, I, like, I want to watch this stuff. I want to continue watching this stuff. Like, I think for Tyrell specifically, right, when he kind of sits down, and he's just like, I'm done. I'm gonna sit here and die. Um, Like, even something like that, like, you still feel for 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 him, right? when he starts arguing with Elliot, you still feel for them, right? It's just like, no, don't argue. What are you guys doing? Like, get up, go. 
It's like half an hour to it's... the next t- town. What happened? Right. Elliot's just wearing a hoodie. I'm really worried about him. He never eats or puts on a coat. Right? Yeah. And, but like. He's not well. That, but when when they start laying into one another, you're like on both sides just being like, well, he has a good point. Well, he has a good point too. Okay, good rebuttal. Another good rebuttal. Okay. You know? And and like I, they're, it's just, it's it's hard for me to explain to be like I'm rooting for both of them. I want them all to survive. I want what's best for all of them. Yes, but they're yes. at the same t- time not good people, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to develop a sliding scale for good people yeah. in in this series. Like even somebody like. Ollie, for instance, who's a terrible boyfriend, <laughs> you know, kind of a sleazebag of a guy. It's like, yeah, well, Ollie's never killed anyone or committed very serious crimes. So, yeah. yeah. How bad can he be? Yeah. Um, so when we next thing that I want to talk about is when we finally see this kind of alternate reality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It was interesting because it starts to break down um, in in a strange way. Because at first you're like, yeah, it's like, oh my god, they actually did the thing. Like, they went to an alternate reality. What is happening here? Now there's two Elliots mm. running around and and stuff like that. But then they, they kind of start breaking things in the sense that Darlene is not there. Like, she does not exist yeah. in that alternate reality. So that was, I think, at least my first hint that I really clued in on and was just like, something is wrong here. Like, the, mm. I'm sure, I guess there c- could be an alternate reality where Darlene doesn't exist. But that seems strange for what they've been t- talking about this whole show of, like, it could be perfect. Like, you, we could have exactly what we want. Mm. And never in the show have they said, well, we don't want Darlene here. <laughs> no Darlene's. Right? So that was my first thing of, of, of like, huh, Darlene is not there. Uh, but then there was a, a theory that I had that, like, hey, if they died in the original world that we had seen, they would be over here and this one. Uh but then that didn't hold up, and it it, it was a whole whole thing of, of 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 like, well, Dom is there and she's a cop, but she's not dead. Uh, that's strange. Uh, right, right. Like it, it was just like there were smaller things that might not have even really added up. Like I I don't even know if what I'm saying. Holds up. No, I like, no, I get what you're saying. That this alter this, uh, you believe it to be an alternate universe. It doesn't operate on any clearly set rules or patterns. We're like, okay, everybody's back alive, and here they are. Or you know, d- dead characters are removed because some of them you see again, and some of them you don't. Right, yeah, yeah, like there's not. You can't figure out what the rules of this world are. You can't get your footing, which is an interesting feeling mm. because I feel like that's what. Elliot is feeling at the at the time like he doesn't understand it he doesn't know what's happening exactly uh and then once he kind of realizes that 
he can at least be married to Angela, which is what he's wanted for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Like he tries to do all of that and ends up murdering himself <laughs> kind of on accident, <laughs> but ends up like finishing it. Uh, right. Yeah. It, this just turns into a very dark episode of Twilight Zone I, for a little bit where Elliot confronts his own double, kills him and tries to replace him. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Which speaking of Twilight Zone, that so we, we've often been t talking about some of the influences of the mm -hmm. show season one being uh, like V for Vendetta and Fight Club and Taxi Driver or whatever uh, to like Fargo in season three and, mm. and, and yeah. stuff like that. Season four, I do think is a lot more like the Twilight Zone. It felt Hitchcockian to yeah, me. Yeah, well, it's especially uh, again. I was about to say season seven, um, <laughs> episode seven definitely felt yeah. very Hitchcockian, where it's it's more of a or play. It takes place in those two rooms, and that's it. Um, whereas mm. something like but episode four is like, is this an alternate reality? We don't really know, but weird things are happening. Right. Or that shot of the staircase in episode five, yeah. maybe the best shot in the entire yeah, series. It's great. Um, but but then to have Christian Slater uh, being the narrator for most of this season yeah. instead of yeah. Elliot. Yes. He has a very, very Rod Sterling-esque voice and delivery with this. And I I was like... This is good. I like this. They should have him on an episode of the Twilight Zone that uh, yeah. that uh, Jordan Peele d d does now, because he's he's the new narrator for all, mm. all, all, all of that stuff. But Christian Slater is knocking it out of the park. Yeah, Whew. he was doing phenomenal. Um, but yeah, everybody's on their A game oh, this yeah. season. Yeah, and it, it stinks because I, I, I would have liked to see more of Angela in this season too. Yes, um, I loved Angela, but was I the first big twist of the show is when they like right. Kill yeah, her we forget the first that this is how they... <laughs> five minutes of the show. <laughs> the first episode of the season, it starts with Angela dying, and it ends with you think Elliot. Is dying like he's like the the dark army comes in and drugs him. That's Sam Esmail playing the guy who injects yep. Elliot, and he <laughs> all of Elliot's life flashes before his eyes. It's all of these good parts. Like there's him and and Darlene and his friends in F Society, and there's him and Angela and Shayla, and the first day he meets Tyrell. That also gets in there. Yep. <laughs> dies and then it starts over like you know his other personas have come to wake him back up like no you're not dying <laughs> we're not letting you kill elliot prime yeah. uh so did did you have any like weird theories as this season was developing of like oh i wonder if it's mm. gonna be this thing or I, I, I wonder if it's going to be this oh mm. i don't know there was a okay in the final episode. You know when he hands his um ID to Officer Dom, and she says this ID doesn't look anything like you. I wondered if like, uh, 
the Elliot, when we look at the mastermind, as it seems like they have codenamed him, I keep using this phrase that is used once in the series, but we got to have some way to differentiate between them. They, they, yeah, they, if, they like, mentioned that he's the mastermind multiple yeah, times. Yeah, so when we look at Elliot, are we seeing the mastermind's projection of what he thinks of how he sees himself and thus how he sees Elliot because he believes he is Elliot. And then when like they're on Coney Island and, uh, <laughs> and Elliot's chasing after Mr. Robot and he grabs Mr. Robot and Mr. Robot turns around and it's Tyrell. And then Tyrell shoots him right after there's been this whole conversation about how you can't take over Elliot's life. Like, you know, you have to, lay down and just Elliot live his, mm-hmm. just let Elliot live his life. I was confused for like a minute. Like, what, are you another personality of Tyrell? What's been happening oh, here? But I think it was just a whole like weird visualization tricks. I've been thinking about Tyrell's role in that final episode a lot. Cause here's the thing, like him and Elliot are so very important to each other and we have no idea why or how or what it means they just are it's just fate but one thing yeah one thing we've got is that out of all of the people elliot has lost that we've seen think about shayla gideon uh, the rest of f society angela he hears of their he learns of their deaths after the fact tyrell is the only person who he sees mortally injured and has a chance to say something to him as he walks away in his final moments mm-hmm. Like, that's the closest he has actually gotten to being with somebody who is important to him who is dying. Yeah. So I think maybe that's why it's Tyrell turning around, shooting him, burying him in the sand at Coney Island. Wild stuff. So, yeah. Did you have any weird theories? I did. Uh, so <sighs> clue number one is that all of Elliot's login information and passwords and stuff is Sam Esmiel or like some like some oh. variation of the creator's actual name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, in the alternate reality at the end when he hands the ID ID and she's like, "This looks nothing like you." I I I was like, "What if it actually is the creator? Like, what if we're we're, we're gonna get?" <laughs> So meta, it's g- gonna be like Grant M- 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 Morrison <laughs> where he meets his creator at the end of Animal Man, 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 Man and, 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 wow. and stuff like that. And like, I just, I was like, it could happen. Like, there's a lot of Heck. creators that t- try to write themselves as the main character and stuff. And I like, this would be an interesting way to do that. Of, of, like taking a critical look at yourself and your per- problems. I don't know the creators. I don't know if he struggles with these things. Who knows? Mm. But yeah, that was the the thing of like if we've never seen the real Elliot, is his name even Elliot? Right? If Miss like yeah. Mr. Robot is a made up n- 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 name, right? Like how, how do we know it's not just Sam Esmail as like starring as Mr. Robot and Elliot and his mom and young uh, Elliot. Oh man, <laughs> it's in him the whole time. Right? Like I, I think something I'd, like that would have been wild. I'd buy anything from this show. Really? I seriously. <laughs> Magic beans here. What buy I this. okay. <laughs> 
What I really appreciate about how the series ends is that you do get this very clear explanation of, no, you've been watching another personality of Elliot the whole time. Mm -hmm. Here they all are. We'll lay them all out for you. Mr. Robot, the mastermind, the mother, the child, and Elliot Prime. We need to wait. We need to give Elliot Prime his body back so that he can reconnect with Darlene. And I love that that's the point of the whole thing is this brother-sister relationship. That's the crux of the whole series. Yeah. The greatest thing he does is like the, the mastermind does as Elliot is tell Darlene he loves her. So to have her looking down at him and saying, hello, Elliot, is the final moments of the series. Top notch. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Like it ends very clearly like, all right, we revealed all the cards. Here they are. But there's so much ambiguity before that regarding other things that you're left to wonder about. Like White Rose's machine, Elliot uh, shuts it down. Mm -hmm. It breaks. It is not proven to us that the machine does not work the way she thinks it's going to work. There's that bit in the first episode of the season where Darlene's like, I swear I saw Angela walking down the street. And Elliot's like, no, it's the grief. You're imagining it. Angela is dead. Is Angela dead? She said, White Rose showed me her machine. She showed me how this works. Think about Angela. Think about all the terrible things that have happened to her. Remember in season one where a man shoots himself in the head right in front of her and she gets blood on her shoes and she's kind of all right after that? (sighs) Gotta buy new shoes now. Whatever White Rose (laughs) showed her broke her. It, It had to have been something of this magnitude. Like maybe she saw her double and that's what's making her so shaky and weird in all of season three. We we know that. Like the machine yes. has been tested multiple times and they seem to be yes. working is is what is implied. Yeah, so the machine may have worked the whole time. There may be an Angela. The final time we see Tyrell is really ambiguous. Like he's got a very bad wound, but it doesn't seem like, oh, you're dead in 10 minutes. You know, maybe not. He walks away into the woods. There's been this howling noise the whole time that Elliot hears too. So it's not just in Tyrell's mm-hmm. mind. He walks away into the woods. He like collapses down in the snow and there's some pulsing blue light and he looks at the light and he looks like happy and then its screen fades to white and the episode ends. So we don't know what that was. Tyrell might still be out there. And then there's the thing where their mom dies and they find that their mom had a safety deposit box that they didn't know about and whatever was in it has been sold. What the heck was that? Yeah, we don't know. Could could right. be jewelry, could be some k- kind of family secret thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Like there's the series ends like the last like 20 minutes. It's like, here's everything you really need to end on a, you know, a, a clean footing with this series. But there's all this other stuff on the side that's lingering that you're going to be thinking about for the rest of forever. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Wow. This was a good show. Mm-hmm. I loved it. We, we, do you want to talk a bit about going back to episode five, which is the dialogueless episode? Yeah. You can do that. Because I didn't even catch on that that was the, you know, the, the premise of the whole thing until like 20, 30 minutes in. Hold on. I have to plug in my dang laptop. Laptop is dying. Okay. 
because the show it will have moments of silence and it tells a lot with uh, expressions, with actions, with text on screen, with computer logs and mm-hmm. texts and things like that. So it's like partway through the episode where I'm like, oh, oh, nobody's going to talk the whole yeah, time. No one is That's spoken. what we're doing. Yeah, no, no spoken dialogue. <sighs> that episode was so impressive. And I really appreciate how weird the show lets itself be. Not weird in this, like, cerebral existential, like, you've never been watching the real Elliot the whole time kind of way. Weird in the way, like, it's kind of silly sometimes. Like, Elliot's running away from these police officers that have caught him hacking into this bank, and he runs past a movie theater, and to, like, mark it as December 2015, he runs past a dramatic close-up of the movie poster for Alvin and the Chipmunks in the road chip. And then he's... The hardest I have laughed in months is Elliot stumbling in his shoes across an ice rink while Ave Maria plays quietly in the background. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a mess. I love that episode. It's almost like an extension of... Um, the episode from last season where it's all one shot and he's like running almost, through yeah. the e-court building. He's exhausted. He's just running and running and it's all he can do. And, and he keeps like, running across an ice It's rink. like the next day after bridge. he's been lost in the woods all night. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. This, all of this happens. Episodes four through like nine are all on Christmas day. Yeah. Wild. It's all happening at once. So, I, yeah, to, to <laughs> piggyback off of that one, I loved how it was, like, that is more of the hack. It's not focused on dialogue or emotional states or stuff yes. like that. It yeah. is focused on, we need to hack our way into this building, some with physical hacks, some with, like, on-site hacks. We need to do all of this, like, Mission imp- Impossible stuff to make it work. I l- loved that. Um, one of my big critiques of this mm. show... Uh, is that after season one, it was less about hacking. <laughs> um, yeah. With, like, season one sold me on the hacking. And I think that, I think, was the overall idea of the show. Like, I think the creator is quoted as as saying something along the lines of, like, I wanted to create a show that is, that, like, focuses on hacking culture to a day and and what what mm-hmm. that is, is is like and season one i think nailed it um in mm-hmm. in uh, like again as i keep saying they nailed it but in in a way that it like has their influences like just clearly visible um and it's gr- great that it grows beyond that but it kind of loses steam on like it's all about the hack man we, we we just need to hack in and we can do it and we can ha- sit here and hack and uh, I don't know what that makes it sa- 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 sound stu- 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 stupid but I I I just felt like it was less about hacking the more the show went on and it became more about mm-hmm. Elliot and his mental issues and how to deal with them and how to struggle with them which is 
a show I would st- still absolutely watch, and I did, did, mm-hmm. did, 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 and it was fantastic. But I just felt like it lost what its original purpose was, or at, or at least like stated mission. That makes sense. Like they still have the like in-world mission of bringing down EcoCorp and stopping White Rose. Like that that seems like a natural prog- progression to me. But season three and four especially focus a lot more on the emotional states of these characters rather than like the technology of how they will do these hacks. Mm-hmm. I think that that is maybe one of my bigger critiques of the show i don't know if you thought the same things or if you noticed it no not (laughs) really i wasn't sitting around waiting like oh when will they hack again i was like man show show me the technology how do i do this i want to (laughs) learn hack the planet man come on um yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I still loved the show. I thought the directions they took it in were fascinating, were mm-hmm. great. Yes. Um, but yeah, it just seemed a little bit strange that it, it was so hyper-focused on the hack and the technology. Like, how do we do this? Oh, we need to get a Raspberry Pi and do this thing and mm-hmm. that thing. And I know me just saying the word Raspberry Pi does not make me sound smart. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, like I, I, and that's the thing. I guess I don't know then if I wanted the rest of the show to be more about the hacking or season one to be a little bit less about the hacking. Because it, I think it almost also might make sense to have it be a little bit less about the hacking and have season one be more about the emotional states. I think the hacking is, that's something pretty unique to this show, mm-hmm. that it is... You know, it's not like uh, CSI, cybercrime. We're I wish, fighting man. against the hackers with I, a, a hacker of our I'd own. that show. A, a quirky. <laughs> it's, uh, we're seeing this from their perspective. It seems pretty true to life. And that's sort of uh, something this show doesn't know other show has really done. So that really marks season one as something very unique. It really grabs the audience. And I feel like that's like, okay, we're in. Let's get weird with it now. <laughs> you came for the hacking. You're going to stay for the the weird theme episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and like, it's it's not, if, I mean, maybe that, that whole arc is a comment on hacking culture that sometimes a random group will kind of come together and do hmm. something and it's going to be fantastic. And then people move on right and it like because i i would have loved to see more about f society and the characters within but we don't really go back to that as they are all kind of killed off right um yeah yeah like that is one of the tragic things that the people around around elliot one by one are slowly being killed off uh, mm-hmm. until the end when he has no one but Darlene. Yeah. 
We don't even know if Cordy survived. Well, I I doubt a fish could survive an explosion like that. But yeah. uh, he he did have a nice a ne- case at at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad Cordy survived to the end. Like Angela had it, and then like White Rose got it somehow. Somebody's been caring for that fish. Or at least was a clone that was another of thing. Fish because they're like somehow you got Cordy. I don't know how that happened, but. He's been two Cordy's. I noticed that alternate universe Elliot, which is a world that we find out it isn't like an alternate universe like White Rose promised us. It's a world Elliot kind of made. Uh, That that Elliot doesn't have his pets. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you don't don't have your own flipper. Where's flipper hat in this world? I mean, he doesn't really need them in that world because he does actually have I guess people, so right he he has people around him to support him yeah and he does he doesn't need, need to fish. steal a dog yeah. <laughs> good stuff uh, I'm tr- trying to think if there's anything else I want to mention and talk about here in season four there's so much to cover oh I went back and I after I finished the series I went back I watched the first episode and I watched the morphine withdrawal flashback sure. episodes i had forgotten that in the first episode that when elliot's on the subway there's these ads for this fake movie or tv show called villains and this is part of what you know, you've seen heroes just, now get ready for villains <laughs> right and it's like heroes was an nbc show i believe they did have like a season that was called heroes villains but this is separate from that like there's some show in the world called Villains. And then when the sh- we see this alternate universe, there's a show called Heroes. And the song playing as Elliot walks to the Washington Township nuclear plant where he's going to this universe reset mm-hmm. in his own mind is the Beach Boys Heroes and Villains. Yeah, which is really funny too. There's so many little details that really pay off in this series. There's so much craft and care to the whole thing. Yeah. Even consistencies like, oh, Irving's back. I like that one scene where we get Irving again in episode 10. He's like, I finished my novel. That was wild. Don't know how he did it because he was still working on the novel in like, what, September or something? The show moves so fast. Which is really funny. How do you already have a... Because when he he mentions in the book, he's like, wait till you get to the part where he strangles his mother in chapter 11 spoiler yeah. alert that was the chapter he was working on in season three when you see him yeah. sit da- 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 down and write and he's like and yeah. with his sausage meaty fingers he's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is so bad <laughs> it's not good you can tell that he got where he is only through dark army Just connections like the dark will. army <laughs> Right. <laughs> or like, okay, well, Irving's been, you know, he's been a loyal member of the team for like 15 years. Hack into a publishing company. Make sure his novel gets published. <laughs> like, this is his bonus for the yeah. year. You get to be a published author. And he has a full cardboard cutout of himself, a man nobody has seen before. Next to all these copies of the book in it. In an airport, and you're not expecting it, and like, Dom isn't expecting it, and she's staring at him, and she's exhausted and doesn't know how to process anything. The, the funny thing is, like, if 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 I didn't know better, I would say that whole scenario was just ridiculous. Like, who does a book tour in an airport, right? Right. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman does that. 
he he will be flying somewhere, go to to the airport bookstore, and just sign a bunch of the books and walk out, and 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 and, wow. and, and stuff like that. And like I've I've. I only know that because I've seen him do it on Twitter and stuff, where he he just mentions like, "Hey, I'm I was just at this airport and signed twenty copies of Norse mythology, my new mm. book." You know, have have fun, and and so to see this character do that is really funny because it's like, dude, you are not on the same level as Neil Gaiman. You're nowhere near this. <laughs> like it's it's weird enough to just do it, but someone who can mm. get away with it is someone who's actually a good author. <laughs> Not you with Not the, just... with his meaty sausage fingers. <laughs> <laughs> the book is just called Beach Towel. It's not good. Oh man, I, that's another one of these moments where the show is like, yeah, we're just gonna get silly for a couple minutes but it's silly wrapped up in like a still emotional connection and plot relevancy and this underlaying you know this underlying aura of just unsettlingness and eeriness and you know something sinister is going to happen there's a scene in the season that i think summarizes the attitude of mr robot as an entire series and it's when they've just found out that their mom is dead mm-hmm. and elliot and darlene are sitting on that bench waiting for the subway to get oh, there oh yeah that scene was and they're great. having this really intense conversation about like darlene's like elliot i have to go see what's in the safety deposit box and he's like why do you care like mom never cared about us it's not going to you know give us any closure like she was terrible it's not going to make her less terrible like you're darlene's never like, there I for have me to I, I need you like <laughs> right and this we mentioned it's Christmas time. When it cuts out to the wide shots, they're at one end of the bench, and at the other end of the bench is somebody in a huge snowman suit. You can't see their face. It's all snowman, and they're like slumped over, exhausted. And then at the end of the scene, Train. where like the subway arrives, <laughs> the, the the snowman gets up and turns to Elliot and Darlene and says, "I'm sorry for your loss." And the kids <laughs> just the leaves, yeah. and the show keeps going. <laughs> It's great. I love when they this do stuff it operates. like that. It's so God. funny. Because it, it's just, it's so, like, deadpan. Right? Like, it's not, like, no one is laughing as a result of that in the scene. Like, he's not reacting during the, their fight. He's just, mm-hmm. like, sitting there staring, you know? And then just yeah. in, in the most, like, straightforward, like, I'm sorry for your loss. And then just walks away. <laughs> this show is madcap. It operates on a level that I've never seen another show operate. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. I I am oh. Sam Ismail now has my at- attention as a creator. I want to Damn. go back because I I think his Wikipedia said he had a few other things that he had made, like a movie mm-hmm. or something. And then he's working on some things, some upcoming things. Yeah, I absolutely want to check out his stuff now. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Great stuff. Great stuff. I could talk about the show forever. Uh, I made a playlist for it. Oh, nice! Like I did last time. Good. Yeah. Okay. Hit me with I can't the guarantee playlist. You'll- 
I can't guarantee I will do this for every show that we cover in, you know, in completion here on the podcast. But at the end of every year, I make a playlist that's like one song each that is from or represents something we covered on the review show. And then when we covered all of Venture Brothers earlier this year, I made a whole playlist that's just Venture Brothers. And then I, uh, I, I did it again for Mr. Robot. Nice, you have to Jack helps. Send me the link to that playlist and we'll yep. post it in the show notes and descriptions and stuff like that. Mm hmm. What do we got? Did you want to do recommendations here at the end of oh, our journey? Were, were you going to tease some of the songs that oh, are on the oh, playlist? Oh, you, you want me to tell you what's yeah. on it? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, <laughs> does it have Money, Money, Money by ABBA? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I. You remember the song from the season four finale of Venture Brothers? Don't off I ended up putting that on here too because I was listening to it and there's lines that go, you are the body hidden in the trunk. You are the habit I can't seem to break. You are the secrets on the front page every week. I'm like, well, this is going on yeah. here. Um, yeah, it's got a couple of the songs from the show. It's got Touch. It's got uh, uh, Take Me Home. It's wild looking back on the series, and there's so many songs that are really relevant to Elliot that are played in scenes where he is not involved at all. Like, Phil Collins' Take Me Take Me Home plays over the scene of that E-Corp executive burning $3 million. Mm -hmm. But you listen to the lyrics, and it's like, Take Me Home, I don't remember, I've been a prisoner all my life. And then after you've seen episode seven, it's like, oh, oh, there's just been like all these secret Elliot anthems hidden the whole time touched by um uh paul williams and daft punk which plays in like the season three premiere has a line that goes you almost convince me i'm real yep. this show's been playing a long game it really has and then the second last episode they play mr roboto yep. by sticks which which is, which is also a great time to play that that one because that that, yeah. that is the like obvious choice of like hmm, we need to start thinking about music for this new tv show mr robot what songs we put oh 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 i know i know it's like no <laughs> but it's like the the one mo 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 moment that it is acceptable is to just the like the payoff of like all right you've watched yes. this entire show we'll give it to, to you here it is <laughs> That's also a song where the lyrics are jarringly relevant. Yep. <laughs> Everything packed into the show is, uh, it's chosen with such care. I tried to create a playlist also with such care. Good. Good. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post the link to that so you guys can check it out uh, down the road. E. But yes, recommendations. Let's move on to recommendations. Uh, man, I... First of all, want to recommend Lost. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, uh, I, yes. I'm, I'm, yes. if, if you know me and Melissa, we are both huge Lost fans, so you probably saw this coming a mile away. But yeah, it does the same thing where um, you really, really get hooked into these characters. Uh, there are strange things happening all around. There are flashbacks, flash forwards, flash sidewayses, alternate realities, time travel, all sorts of stuff. Um, but I, I, I think in in a similar 
fashion, right? Like, even down to the scene when Tyrell has his final moments on the show and he walks off and the screen flashes white instead of its typical black. Lost does that a couple times, too, where it, like, it breaks the norm. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I think that is a fantastic show to watch as well mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. One thing I really appreciated about Mr. Robot is how the majority of its twists are, it's not action based. It's not forward based. It's not, mm-hmm. oh, I thought character was going to do A and instead they did B or I thought character might do A or B, but instead they did G. G was on the yeah. table. It's stuff like, oh, I thought I've been looking at this thing this way the entire time I was wrong. I needed to be looking at it this way. It's all of these retroactive recontextualizing twists. And Lost also does mm-hmm. that with um yeah, the the season two premiere where you find out what has been in the hatch the entire time yeah. lying right underneath their feet. You think about episodes like when it does switch from you think you've been watching flashbacks, no, you're watching a flash forward this time. Or G-E-O-N, which is an amazing episode where you think you're watching two flash forwards and then you find out it's one flash forward and one flashback. Yeah. Yeah, the the show doesn't operate. It doesn't do it as much as Mister Robot, it does, but it does have the same like, no, no, you weren't looking at it the right way. This is what you've been Exa- seeing exactly. the entire time. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm st- yeah. I'm still thinking of recommendations. Do 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 you have uh, one you can share? I have one. Uh, it's another show we both like, and we watched it earlier this year. Uh, you might like Sherlock. Interesting. If you like Mister Robot, it. Thinking about that final season, it also plays with trauma and memory yeah, and uh, you know the lies you tell yourself. Twice this year, we've covered series where a man forgets his entire sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, mm. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm also gonna recommend a manga called 20th mm. century boys this is one of my favorites huh. um me and paul uh the co-creator here at the whatnots uh covered this on an old a- episode of the whatnots podcast or at least like the first couple volumes i have since read the whole thing on my own and i am slowly collecting it as they are releasing brand new uh like editions of it um, but this is about a guy who is now like middle-aged dude working at like the convenience store that his parents uh, 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 own out in Japan. And uh, he starts seeing this symbol kind of around town. Um, and he's oddly intrigued by it. It seems familiar. He's not sure why. He learns that it's the logo to a a, a cult that is gaining prominence. And uh, he mm. starts ch- checking out this cult, and they are prophesying the end times and all of that stuff. And he finally puts it all to g- 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 together. He knows where he's seen this symbol. He knows where all these prophecies are coming from. This is all stuff that him and his friends made up when they were young boys. And 
this leader of the cult is only known as friend and <gasps> he has on a mask no one who no, no, no one knows who the actual leader is and it's this big like mystery conspiracy of like okay did we really make this stuff up back in the day uh who did we tell who could this friend person be and yeah it's it's just this big long story about stuff that is happening in the present stuff that is happening in the past in the future um and and yeah it, like it's it 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 has the same level of intensity that, that i think this 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 story <laughs> has um so i i would recommend that as well, well, well interesting okay uh one more i one of the greatest parts of the series is how good it is at needle drops and integrating music mm -hmm. and for me i think the the other pillar of this this is the greatest of tv and i'd say the greatest of film is guardians of the galaxy one okay. and two surprise <laughs> good stuff uh i'm trying to think one more the other one i might say is like neon genesis evangelion uh also bad dad yeah bad dad dad problems uh focuses a lot on emotional state of the characters not everything is as it seems it's kind of wild and mental and trippy and mm. the ending is yeah not what you would expect um so that but that 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 one as much as I want to recommend that one, that one's a little bit tougher to get into if you don't know a lot of the yeah. trappings of, like, mecha, like, the, the mecha genre mm. and what is happening there. So if, if, if you're a Gundam fan, if you uh, like all of that stuff and you haven't seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, go watch that because it's great. Mm. So. There you go. That is recommendations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so next week, Melissa, you and I are watching a movie, uh, this, this next week. I pitched it to you last week. Uh, it is called mm -hmm. The Vast of Night. This is an yes. Amazon original movie. Um, I don't recognize any of the actors. I don't think, I, I don't, I don't think there were names that I, I was familiar with. Um, but it is set, I believe, in like the 1950s-ish in a small town, uh, and the two main characters are a like the local phone operator uh, and a late-night radio DJ. And one night, they both hear this mysterious sound on the airwaves, and they are tr tr mm. trying to figure out what it is, where it's c coming from, is it? From this earth or maybe not who knows Ooh. Uh, we shall see uh but yeah so that is what we will be watching this next week if you guys have access to amazon prime video uh it is on there you guys can watch it that way yes you are you are about to interject <laughs> no, and say something no you just reminded me uh so i bought this entire series on blu-ray to watch the final season but this show has really neat episode descriptions. Mm -hmm. So I went back to look at Amazon Prime just to see what the episode descriptions were for all of these uh, season four episodes because that didn't that wasn't listed in my box set. And I love 
that the episode description for episode 10 just says, we stand Tom Lean. They're, 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 <laughs> they're, they're hip with, with the program. <laughs> they know all the Jack was kids lingo these days. Jack was telling me that she could watch the episodes like on demand through her cable provider mm-hmm. and they would translate and <laughs> like all of the text speak in all of the lingo that's in all of these episode descriptions. And the, the description for this episode, I think, just said, fans enjoy the pairing of Dom and Darlene. <laughs> we stand Domlene. <laughs> we stand Domlene. That's it. Oh, it's the episode after episode seven. The description just says, Elliot is shook. Elliot is shook. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is putting it mildly. Thank you. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, but for next month, uh, we, we did want to mm-hmm. update you guys on what we are going to be yes. doing. Uh, Melissa, do you want to let them know what we will be doing next month? Yeah. Uh, well, our next ongoing series we're going to do uh, is a comic book called Irredeemable. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the writer or the artist. I know the writer is Mark Wade. Um, I can actually okay. find out here because I have it. Nice. Uh, And this is a comic book that you told me about. I hadn't heard of it, but I gave it a try and I read 80 pages before I knew what was happening. (laughs) I'm not saying I read 80 pages before I stopped being confused. I'm saying I read 80 pages, looked up and said, oh, oh, I read 80 pages. It's really riveting right off the bat. It's great stuff. And it's about a world where there's like. Uh, a bunch of superheroes, and there's one superhero who's like Superman, the greatest of all of them, the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks up to him, you know, the most benevolent. And it's about watching that superhero become an absolute villain to the world that everybody is terrified of, and they have no resources to stop him Absolutely. because they never thought they would need to. Yeah. Uh, so the comic book is by Mark Wade and Peter Krause. Uh, and the volume mm. one that I have here has an afterword by Grant Morrison. Oh, interesting. So that's what we're doing for our next monthly series. How long is this, did you There's say? Ten, ten volumes? volumes? I think it's like okay. 30 or 40 issues somewhere in there. I don't I don't know okay. exactly the, the number off the top of my head there. But yeah, it's like 10 volumes-ish. Yeah, so we don't know how we're going to break that up quite yet. We're going to get to it. But because we just finished a drama that even though it had its moments of levity was also pretty dark. Harrowing. And we're about to start another dramatic series that is pretty dark. We're like, let's take one month off in the middle as a palate cleanser. And we're going to do an episode concept I've been wanting to do for a while of the great 90s sitcom trade. Because I grew up watching a bunch of Simpsons, and I know barely anything about Seinfeld. And Kyle grew up watching Seinfeld. I barely anything, know about anything much about the Simpsons. I've seen so, like uh, uh, we're each. I've seen the Avon Etniage one. That's about it. <laughs> That's a good yeah. pull. Yeah, I like that one. So we're each going to pick three episodes of our series. And so next month, you'll hear an episode where we talk about both of these series and the episodes that we all watched. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I think you're going to pick out three for me to watch. I'm going to pick out three for you to watch. We don't yep. know what those are just yet. So we will keep you not exactly uh, with that as, yeah. as you continue uh, 
listening to the review show because that is law and that is a required you are hereby required to keep on listening to the review show as we do this show weekly uh so welcome if you if you yeah if you don't we're gonna you know send a dark army man after your family and we're gonna drown you in a bathtub uh but you you know Hmm. that's cool it's all good uh Hmm. so yeah uh next week the vast of night uh, and then at the end of next month, uh, what is it? It is July this month. So at the end of August is when we will do our yep. sitcom thing. Uh, and then um, starting in September is when we will be, at the end of September is when we will be discussing the first couple volumes of Irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that catches you guys all up to speed. Yeah, all our news. Melissa. Where can the people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with our show, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Uh, go like, share, subscribe, follow us on all of the social media stuff. We are at like 82 subscribers on YouTube. We are slowly working our way up to 100. That is our goal right now. So if you guys could help us out uh, and and subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would be wonderful because uh, you guys can see our lovely faces on on the mm-hmm. hair. Um, yeah, that that is about it. We will get out of here. This has been episode 114. No, 15. No. So what is it? God, 16? 16? Good God. Episode Whew. 116 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.